This is an Ask Brothers production. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Ask Brothers Rant. Download all our content on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Spotify. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to smash that subscribe button. Enjoy. All right. Are we live? I think we're live anyway. <laughs> so I'm not going to be around the booth. I'm not going to be around the booth. Right. <laughs> Let's start with a disclaimer, people. All right. Let's start with a disclaimer. If you're sensitive, if you don't like real, you know, offensive things being said about your football club, I suggest you end the broadcast right now and just move along. Because it's not going to be pretty. This is the first episode of Ask Bros Extreme. We come on and we vent a little bit. We release some of that energy and we're real about the opinions that we have, about the topics that we're going to speak about. So, Max, what's going on? Not much, mate. Um, back to work. So that's a that's a, an upside. Seven months, seven months for the bar closed. So opened up yeah. yesterday. So I look a bit puffy and and full of shit. Um, so it's good. It's good. I'm back. It would be nice if there was some some less dumb fuckery in the world of of Twitter, uh, from what from what I'm reading at the moment. But that's what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about, I guess, the dumb fuckery. And you know. When we were planning this show of what we were going to do, Ask Bros Extreme for, for the guys who are listening. This isn't meant to be a show about being moderate and having moderate opinions. So this is a show about coming on and venting. And unfortunately, after a game where we've taken another loss, it's going to be negative. We could very well be here next week for an Ask Bros Extreme talking about a 3-0 against Man U talking about extremely good things that happen. But right now, guess what, motherfuckers? It's extremely bad. So we're going to dig into extreme badness. Yeah, but listen, if you were here for the disclaimer and if you don't like certain things being said, you might want to move on right now. It's not going to be pretty. Ryan, what's going on, bro? How you doing, man? Good. Uh you know, same old, same old. Just got back from the doctor. Found out I just have a knee sprain. What, what? Um, some did, they, did they find out that you were gay? Was that, the, nah. was that what you went I for? I thought you were going to say something <laughs> about a sprained vagina, which I, I went to the doctor for that <laughs> last week, but no. Uh, hold on, hold on. How did you sprain your knee, bro? What did you do? Playing, playing a little footy. Extreme wanking. <laughs> it was fun. I don't know who. I think it might have been Tanner, uh, the bearded gooner. He said I, I got hurt playing with myself, which I've actually – I've, I've I've, my hands cramped up multiple times. Uh, it's, that granny, it's that granny porn, man. It sucks you in, and then when you think you got it, it's just I, I it's, it's like I don't know. It's like it just uh, like it, like my your gun jams at the last minute. But that's I don't even know what we're talking about now. Anyways, yeah, but I'm good though. Glad to be here. Right. Long winded, like most Americans, man. Yeah, <laughs> shut yeah. the fuck up, Brian. Moving on. Yeah. Last but not least, man, Scunny, what's going on, brother? How you doing, man? All good with me, mate. I'm good. I'm good. How's everyone? Are yourself, should I say? Man, I'm ready to cuss. I'm I'm ready to cuss, man. There's a lot of things to speak about, man. So well, I'm not gonna beat around. I'm not gonna beat around the bush, man. Scunny, I'm I just about to, to say, first. well, let's get on with it, mate. Let's get on. Scunny, I want you to go first, bro, because oh, well. it, it seems that you got the most to say, man. We've been speaking offline, bro, and it seems you have a lot. <laughs> say so i'm gonna to come to you first man talk to us talk to us what's your topic man what do you want to speak about in the extreme nature of this show 
fans is oh. my main oh. fucking bugbear at this moment. <laughs> yeah. It's it's specifically the 50-50 bullshit that I'm hearing about. You're either Ozil in or out, Arteta in or out, it's either Martinez or Leno. I'm just sick to fucking death of it, mate. I really am. I've just had enough. It all started with this vengering and out, and it should have, it should have stayed. It should have left with him. When he went out, it should have gone, but it hasn't. This nature, this narrative that everything has to be fifty percent one side, fifty percent the other. I'm done with it. I am absolutely done with it. I, don't know if anyone else wants to jump in and see what they think. Um, Max, I can see you chomping at the bit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, I, I sort of said in the in the intro part, you know, the 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 fuckery <laughs> that is all across the grand fuckery that is all aqu- across Twitter at the moment. Um, and and I'm with you, Scunny. I don't know whether it. Look, I haven't been an Arsenal fan as a as a 35 year old. I haven't been an Arsenal fan for long enough to. You know, as some of the older guys do, as the Trebs will talk about, Darren, who I do clock and talk, talks about, you know, they talk about the 70s and they talk about when we, we weren't good and we were coming 10th and 8th and 11th and, you know, all of these sorts of things. And so I don't know. I, don't, I feel like I don't go back far enough to be able to make a judgment on whether or not this was, it did get built throughout that Arsene Wenger time. I read a tweet the other day saying, oh, AFTV caused this. AFTB didn't fucking cause this. They were just the ca- they were just the catalyst. They were there at the time when this was happening, and they yeah. and they publicised it. But no, I'm all I'm all the way with you, Scunny. It's it seems that people well, well, two things with this fan base. We talk about this fan base a lot. We actually we cop a lot of flack for it online. We, we've been called you know anti fans, un Arsenal, you know because uh, uh, we Max, hold on hold on, <laughs> hold on hold on hold on hold on hold on Max. Let me let me kind of you know this let me kind of address that rumor. Like just just for me personally, I am anti Arsenal fans, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I am anti Arsenal fans because everything is a comp. There's nothing more divisive, you know, destructive, you know, idiotic than the Arsenal fan base. It, it could be anything from you know if you have a difference of opinion about you know a, a certain manager. Player, it's always a competition. It's always there's, there's there's always something that can cause the Arsenal fan base to disperse and to fight each other. Yeah, I said when the Wenger and Wenger out was supposed was happening. Just like Scunny mentioned, when that was happening, I said this fan base will forever be split. But now it's pathetic. It's not just it split on pathetic. one thing like it used to be, money. You know, it used to be either Wenger in, Wenger out. Now it's it comes across as like it, everything, everything in detail. Yeah, absolutely, Lacazette, Lacazette is an argument. Jacker is an argument. Leno <laughs> is an <laughs> argument. Arteta on, is Max. an argument. Hold on, Max. Let, let's be let's be clear here. Having a difference of opinion about anything when it comes to Arsenal means you're even you're toxic, you're negative. A lot of us, you know. We comment on Arsenal because we don't have rose-tinted glasses about Arsenal. We're just being real about it. It doesn't mean we love the club less. Do you know what I mean? But the Arsenal fan base, there's a section of the fan base, right, that say that they're sick of the mediocrity. 
Yet, in the same breath, we'll defend the Xhaka's of the Mustafis and say, oh, they're playing well. These are shit players. You can't have it both ways. Do you want to be but I'll even, or do you want I'll even, I'll even go as far as to say there's now a faction of Arsenal fans who are anti-negativity and they are as bad as the fans with toxic negativity. Like, there are fans out there who are unwilling to pull Mikel Arteta up for anything are unwilling to say that Mustafi had a bad game, unwilling now to say that Jacker is bad, unwilling to say that Lacazette is bad. And that feels to me like a reaction to people feeling that the fan base was toxic. So now the next thing to do is to jump, like Scunny said, so far to the other side of the equation that now everything is positive and everything is good. And you're watching games and you're like, open your fucking eyes. It is fine to say that a player isn't good for that particular game. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you on that one because I I mentioned a few times over the last couple of games that I thought Abamyang has been terrible over He's these last shit. couple of games. Terrible. And the amount of people that I've had say to me, oh, no, no, he's not playing in the right position. He, he, he needs to be playing through the middle. Or, oh, you know, you're being too harsh and stuff. It's like, he's no, no, never no, no, no. played through the middle. Can people get that out of their heads? <laughs> he's never played through the middle. I said this yesterday on Table Arsenal. He's never played through the middle. Why, these people, they just make things up and they think, oh, that, that definitely happened. They put these false memories in their head and they just run with it. I don't, under- I don't understand. Well, They're yeah. not the nation for retardation. Uh, by accident, okay? Come on. Someone had to say it, didn't they? I want to come back to you, Ryan, for a second, right? And it it may be harsh to say, but but it's real. Call it like we see it. Arsenal fans deserve absolutely nothing. You don't. You don't deserve anything. You don't know what you want. You say that you want the team to be challenging. You defend mediocre players. You don't accept other people's opinions. And I'm an Arsenal fan. I'm a fan of the institution. I'm not a fan of most players. I'm not a fan of the Arsenal fans. I love Arsenal. But Arsenal fans, you deserve the mediocrity that you are seeing because you accept it. You accept it. It's okay. You don't challenge it. You don't step up when you want things to change. You just moan about it. Listen. You deserve the mediocrity that you'll see. Ryan, come well, let's 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 just let's just preface something. Let's just let's just preface something. No, before it goes too long, let's just preface something. Right? When we're talking about Arsenal fans, we're talking about sections of the Arsenal fans. That's what we're talking about because we are we are Arsenal fans. So when we're attacking sections of the Arsenal fans, those are particular. Areas and unfortunately, it seems to be that those people generally congregate in the shithole that is Twitter. So I just wanted I just wanted to preface that before we moved on that we recognise and we chat with lots and lots of great Arsenal fans with great Arsenal opinions. But what we are seeing on mass now is incredibly frustrating, and that's what we're kind of talking about. That it seems to be that now the majority of Arsenal fans have taken this, like Scunny said, 50-50 approach. And the cohort of intelligent Arsenal fans seems to be getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. And that, that's the issue I'm taking. Sorry, Manny, I'm going to say, that's the issue I'm taking, especially with this whole Martinez-Leno thing. I think that's just pushed me too far now. Yeah. At the end of the day, the way I see it is, Martinez wanted to leave, he wanted to get first-team football, he's gone. Let him go. Stop comparing Leno with Martinez. There's no... Fucking need for it. He's gone. 
Let him go. Oh, get over the it. Wrong keeper. Sold the wrong and, keeper. And, Fucking get over it. And fans, fans act like we just signed him. We've had Martinez for 10 years. He's been loaned out six different times. You would think oh, in those 10 years, the six different times he's got he's gone out on loan to clubs significantly worse than us. You'd think they would know. And, oh, to double double down on that, we've had goalkeeping issues for quite some time. We signed Petr Cech at the last minute, a Chelsea oh, reject. So it, it, it's, it's, it's still signed Chelsea rejects, mate. Yeah, well, I, I, I wouldn't go that. This is where it may differ a little. I don't know. I wouldn't go that far if that's to call William a Chelsea reject. But, but I mean, the oh, way I'm he's been playing, the way he's been playing, he's definitely he's uh he's skipping and hopping to his loo down down that way. So I, who knows? You know what's interesting? Before we move on, right? Before we move on, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I had to. Go uh, Humbo, go. Humbo, for those on the listen, Humbo Gumbel's just put up a, a comment saying, Arsenal twatter is a cunt's banquet. Don't dine there. I love you, Humbo. Love love Humbo it. for president. So before we move on, man, I just want to say one, like, one last thing about this. And this is really, you know, indicative of how the fan base really is just, it's a mess at the minute. And like Max said, we're, we're speaking about you know, a certain section of the fan base. Because for me personally, there's only a certain amount of Arsenal fans that I actually interact with that actually make me want to talk about Arsenal in a different way. So Arsenal put up a tweet about, you know, the NSARS shit that's going on in Nigeria, right? Do your own research about it. It's tragic. If you go through the tweets that come after it, you have people going, oh, so why didn't you say anything about the vegan Muslims? So it's like, you are using one tragedy to counter another tragedy. This is how bad it's gotten. So you expect the club to speak about something that they don't know about against something that, you know, it's, it's well-known. You can go and you can research it. There are fans who are turning on the football club, the football club that they pertain to support because they support players. I'm not going to mention yeah. those. I'm not going to mention those. You support. You don't support the club. You support players. That bothers me because I didn't. I don't know about you guys. I didn't start supporting Arsenal because of the player. And if you did, you end up, you know, loving the club more because the player has gone. You end up. Your love stays. But there are sections of this fan base who are not Arsenal fans. They are fans of the players, and that for me. It's just it fucks me up, man. It it's fucks a massive, me up. massive issue, that, and it it it's a fucking yeah. annoyance as well when you see that. And like we say, we're we're not going to go delve down that um, pricks route. Uh, I think mm. everyone knows. Well, well I, I I'm not going to dive down. The only thing I will say is to kind of say it's not just Twitter. I see it on Facebook all the time. You know, for it's, instance, any, it's any social media, right? It's any, I mean, it's anything. Like for we instance, do, we today, do say Twitter, but... today Arsenal put up a picture of um, Gabrielle putting his arm around Saka, and it, I don't even know. I don't know what the caption said, but it was just you know, kind of to promote the team, whatever. And then you have these mugs on the comments saying Arteta out, Ozil in. Where's Ozil? Why isn't Ozil in this picture? Uh, why oh. is it, why doesn't Jaka have the armband? What's going on here? What are we doing? We're a mess. Uh, you know, like all the all these things. Why isn't Joe Willick? Why isn't Joe Willick starting for like just like these things that just like they don't they just it's like it's like they're getting a lobotomy and mid lobotomy. Well, they I've have got, in front of them. They're just tweeting. It's like what are you doing, Ryan? I've got no issue guys, with people uh, putting up opinions. I've, I've I've got no issue with people putting up opinions on Twitter. 
we put up opinions on Twitter constantly. We podcast yeah. three times a week. Uh, for, if you add all the other shows we do, you can see any one of our four faces on like a show literally every 12 hours. You'll see one of our fucking heads on a show somewhere, whether it's, you know, uh, same old Arsenal, same old Arsenal USA, Guns and Yellow Ribbons, Clock and Talk, Ask Bros OG, Ask Bros Extreme, The Friday Ass with Scunny Mike. <laughs> That's just a little bit of promotion I put in there, but um, but yeah. I've got no issue with people. I've got no issue with. I've got no issue with people putting up opinions, and I think that can get misconstrued that when 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 we're talking like this, that we're saying, oh, you shouldn't be able to say that Joe Willick should be playing. You should be able to say that Joe Willick should be playing, but you should also be able to provide some kind of a fucking cohesive argument to back up what you're saying, and this is my issue. You know, you all these people saying, Ursula has to start, Ursula has to start. Stan the Man's been putting up tweets, like, follow Stan the Man, he's a diamond, and he tweets like 45,000 oh. times a day, right? But <laughs> he's been putting he's been putting up Ozil stat tweets to everyone who talks about Ozil in, and they start quoting numbers that don't exist. Stan put up his, like, his, his, the, he, the other day he put up one, like, Someone was like, oh, he's never been given a chance under Arteta. And it's like, this is oh, his 10 oh, games under. Oh, he put up a stat. He's oh, like, this yeah, is his yeah. 10 games under Arteta. Yeah. And it's like, Arsenal were worse in every fucking category yeah. for having yeah. Ersland team. Worst chances created. Worst fucking assists. Worst fucking goals. And he's like, you're just picking a narrative. And I, the reason why I want to say this, I wanted to drive it back to Scunny's point, right, from the start. It's about people picking a fucking narrative and then refusing to back off that narrative. I will put my hand up now and say my narrative of last season was Jacker is shit, Jacker is shit, Jacker is shit. But do you see me on fucking podcast still saying Jacker is shit? No. Now I say Jacker is do. an average. <laughs> you do. But now I say Jacker is an average player being played in a system that generally hides his flaws. Right, there, there is a way. I'm just saying there is a way of being more moderate, more of an Arsenal fan, and putting forward opinions that aren't just based in some kind of rhetoric that suits what you're saying. And then to drive it into what Manny was saying, you support the fucking club. When did we stop supporting the club? When did we start supporting fucking players? When did we start only backing players? I'm an Emmy guy. Fuck Emmy Martinez. He's a fucking Aston Villa player. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Can I quote Kenny Ken, the great? I love Kenny. Ken. Ken. I love Kenny Ken. We're gonna get Ken, we're gonna get Kenny we're gonna get Kenny Ken on here as well because we're all Kenny Ken I'm, fans. I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to that. The club is the star. Yeah. It's as simple as that. The club is the star, and we're gonna we're gonna touch on legends in a second. But if you claim to be an Arsenal fan and you are happy that the club is being made a fool of, you are happy that, you know, that the team is losing games just so you can go, I told you so, that you want Leno to make mistakes just because you want to say, I told you so. That is the kind of fan that irks me. Those are mm. the kind of fans that we need to get rid of because these are not Arsenal fans. Like I said, I am an Arsenal fan, just like everybody on this panel here. We are Arsenal fans. Players come and go. Managers come and go. The institution remains. And I just wish there were more people who actually come to Arsenal to support Arsenal, not come here and just... It's, it's vindictive. 
It's toxic. It's horrible. We're not saying don't have an opinion. Back up your opinion. Be real. But people will call you toxic for this, Manny. We're called toxic. Of course they would. But you guys know me. If you haven't heard me before, welcome. I call it how I see it. There are people out there who want us to lose games just so they can go. We should have had Ozil in the side. They forget the last seven years. Actually, the last two years where he's done absolutely nothing. It's a myth. There are people out there who want Arsenal to fail, who say they're Arsenal fans, but they want Arsenal to fail just so they can say, I told you so. It's crazy to me. So we're going to move on, man. I'm going to move on to Scott. Actually, before I move on, Scotty, you have, I have more. I have, got have one more. more. I've got one more thing to say, Go mate. For I'll, it, I'll make it quick. That's to the fucking UK TV companies who are charging £15 per game. Go fuck yourselves. Apparently the, apparently, the numbers were incredibly low. So, actually, Kenny Ken, Kenny Ken I think, put up the, the, the figure. I saw him put up something on Twitter, and he was like, surprise, surprise. You know, lowest, lowest rating, lowest rating game. And I commented on it. I was like, I wonder if we can get the ratings for a legal streaming up because they would have been through the fucking roof. Yeah. Oh, I'm not surprised. No. Well, you two colonial motherfuckers, well, get it, will you? So, you know, it's you get you get it free anyway. You two cuts out in the colonies. Yeah. <laughs> like, you, know what's, you know what's tragic about this whole thing, right? Is that there are people who, play for, who pay for Sky Sports, they pay for BT Sport, and now you're being told that you've got to pay 15 quid to watch a football match. I'm going to tell you this, I'm not paying 15 quid for nothing. I'm not paying 15 quid to watch football. You are out of your mind. It's a money-making scheme again to get any little bit of cash out of the fans. It's, oh, fuck it. It's criminal. Do you know yeah, where I would understand criminal. it or, or I would accept it? I would accept it if Arsenal, if, if the clubs were charging that money for something greater. Right, so mm. let's let's say let's let's take the 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 approach of the clubs don't have fans; they're trying to generate money. We still demand that they go and buy players, and their revenues are down. All these things down. Let's let's take away the fact that you know we're owned by millionaires and billionaires because there are sub clubs, smaller clubs who aren't owned by millionaires and billionaires. So, so the thing I don't understand is why you're paying fifteen pounds for you know a selected game. Why wouldn't clubs sit there and say, okay, it's 15 pounds, but we're going to provide you with a package. You're going to get the game. You're going to get some major access before the game. Like, oh, we're going to do stream like live press conferences before the game. Uh, we're going to do interviews with players. Like take the, apparently in the, in the US, like you sign up to the Dallas Cowboys channel and you literally practically get like fucking security footage from inside the dressing room. You can click on to the cameras inside the dressing room and watch it. So if, if 15 pounds was the number that they needed to, to get to for whatever reason, then why not put something together that was more access or more in-depth? You think about, Manny, if you were paying for a fight. Like, let's say we're paying for fucking McGregor Khabib or something like that. We're playing, paying for McGregor Khabib, but we're paying for the four hours, five hours Ooh. of fucking entertainment that leads in. You're paying yeah, for yeah. the whole lot. You're, yeah. you're paying for, like, they create content and videos to hype you up and they spend money hyping you up into the fight and the backstage passes and, and you know, the training sessions, watching them doing pad work, stuff like that. Why not put together a fucking 15-pound package 
direct well, for the club. And wouldn't that make more sense to smaller clubs? Because most people just want to sign on to their club. So why not, if you're going to pay £15 and you want to keep your club alive, I want that £15 going straight to my club, into their pocket, for them to fucking spend on players. Well, this this brings me to my point that I made on one of the Friday R shows uh, a couple uh, couple before. We was mentioning stuff like this about the fifteen pound pay per view. There's apps out there now. There's streaming services. Why can't the club do their own streaming service? Like similar to what you've just said, you could charge five to ten pound a month if you wanted. It's completely up to you. But you provide a service that, like you said, you get the backstage this, you do that, you do, you know, you get everything with it for the day. You know, you get the whole the whole experience for the game. You know, you get a good good tour around, you know, the dressing rooms or something like that. You, you, you get something for your money for every game. I can guarantee you now for between five and ten pounds, you will have, especially in Premier League clubs, you'll have over a million subscribers to that app. Mm. Easy. I'd subscribe and I've got full access in Australia for twelve dollars a month. And I'd still I, subscribe to another twelve dollars a month. Well, this is it. You, know you would do it. What's tragic about it, boys? You know what, you know what the, the tragic thing here is? It's another money making yeah. scheme that is driving my narrative that football is just soulless. They're taking away the joys of football. It started with whipping off your shirt and jumping into the crowd and then players celebrating with fans. Then you've got VAR. You've got this new handball thing. You've got fans being butt-butt in terms of ticketing. And, and it's tragic. Football is becoming, you know, driven by money. It's not... What's going on with you? <laughs> Fucking cat hair flying around my head and it went up my nose. It's still there. <laughs> Sorry. No, my, my, my point is, my point is football is just a soulless entity that's just driven by money. It's not about entertainment. It's not about the fans. It's not about any of that. It's about who can make the most money. Backhanders yeah. and all that. You know, it, the, the joys of yeah. football are slowly being eroded, man. Manny, yeah, this could yeah, be a com this could be a, a social commentary of life in the world at the moment, though. So you know that's that's seeping yeah. in through everywhere. That there's a loss of identity, there's a loss of idea of tribe, there's a loss of idea of togetherness. You know, the I often look at like the the difference between podcasts from and this is not a stab at season ticket holders, right? But the differences between podcasts of season ticket holders and not and and people who don't have access to games, whether it be through financial reasons or whether it be through uh, distance reasons, how far you, you live away. And even if you look at the fans, you know, as, as you look at the sphere of fans as they go further and further out into the world, you know, the, the concept of a fan is so different now to what it was 20 years ago, to what it was 30 years ago. You know, we're not, you know, if you look at throughout many, many sports, people don't live in the suburb that they support their team in anymore. You don't just live in Crystal Palace for your entire life and support Crystal Palace for your entire life. Like the world is, is sprawled and it's really different. And I think that there's definitely, you know, if you roll this into the next possibility, you know, this, this, you know, European super league and, and, and things like that, that are being touted, that is the, the final step in removing football as we know it and the, the tribalism as we know it and the feeling of togetherness as we know it, you know, that that's just going to essentially abort everything that we know football to be and, and turn it into 
I hate to say it, that American model. But isn't the interesting thing that there are American owners now who are looking at American owners who have football franchises, who are looking at the way that that NFL is being franchised and the amount of money there and the commercial money. So none, none of this is, is particularly surprising to me. But I will say that it is very worrying that something that we've grown up with for, you know, all of us 30-odd years, it seems that I don't know whether, like, getting fans out of the stadium was the catalyst that they needed to make these changes and make it, you know, so globalised. Manny's gone. Manny's dropped out. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know whether that was that was almost what they needed, you know, to to make these changes and and to make this, you know, full on global. I even think that to an extent. So Darren was saying yes. Uh, Darren on the clock and talk was saying on our last Friday show. I didn't actually see it. He was really upset at Obama Yang going in uh, after we lost to City, going in like laughing with the City players, like straight after the whistle. He was really upset with you. He was like, you know, I want them to be upset. I want them to be this. I want them to be that. And I said to him, I didn't say it live, but I said to him after the show, I was like, you know, if fans were there, that would never happen. Because the the reality, if, if Arsenal lose that game, they get booed and all the players immediately drop their heads and, and walk off. But because there's no one there fucking booing them, there's no tribalism there. It has kind of aborted a part of the game, you know, like the, 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 the diehard nature of it, because the part that the fans play inside the stadium is to drive the emotion for the players. That's it. You score, we cheer. You lose, we boo. All players accountable to what they do. We hold them accountable. It's just, it's sad, man. It's sad because we all love football for what it is. We all love football for the emotion and for what it does to us. You know what I mean? And how it makes us feel. And slowly but surely, that pure emotion, that anger, that happiness, whatever emotion you feel when you're watching the game, slowly but surely, it's disappearing. It, it really is. Now, Max, you're gonna shut up because you've been you've been talking for ages, bro. I I came up this thing because I'm because you it's because you fucking went off, so I felt the need to fill the space with my voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can shut the fuck up now. Yeah, there, there's two other people in this room with like five. Yeah, you know, you, know, you can't man, shut this guy up, can you? <laughs> you look, give him a mic and he's off, man. But Ryan, I'm gonna come to you next, bro. All right. So what's your time? What do you want to talk about, man? What's been pissing you off lately, bro? Apart from Trump. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Biden. Those they, you, oh, let's, yeah. let's not even go there. Let's not even go there. Uh, even no, go. no. That's like work, can of worms I did not, I did not want to open. Um, so something that's really been bothering me is it's more on the field stuff. Uh, so, you know, everyone's been talking about how, oh, we're going to a back three because – we don't, you know, because of the players, you know, we don't, we don't, we can't, we can't do a backboard. It's not in our, it's not in our arsenal. Um, but then you, you see our forward, you see our attacking line and you can, every game we play with a false nine. Who, who plays false nine for us? Does Eddie do it? No, we know. We know. Listen, we have plenty of samples that say Lacazette surely doesn't do it. Uh, we tried William at it. Could have been probably the worst out of all of them. So I wonder, you know, we Arteta kind of adapted this back three just to suit just to suit us defensively. Why haven't we? Why hasn't Arteta tried to adapt a new formation for us offensively to support our team? Because we have, you know, a golden boot winner. Because they're not uh, good enough. 
Yeah, okay, but, uh, but but our but wait, I, I agree. But our but our defense was no was our defense used to be way way worse than our offense now. And sure. Arteta Arteta tied tied the shoelaces up, tightened those shoelaces, and now we're we're, we're doing well. We're you know we we're, we're second in the league in goals conceded, and so offensively we look really sound. But offensively we, we we can't we can't put put away shit. And to me, I chalked it up. Obviously, there's more reasons than one. I chalk it up to just Lacazette couldn't couldn't hit the side of a barn with his rake. But you know, there's more issues to that, Ryan. Like there's more to that. I think. No, that, that, exactly. That that's my point. Is was why there a topic why, in there? Was yeah, there somewhere is. Somewhere in why that ha- ramble, was there a topic? Why hasn't I, I? Max, if you were listening, which you know, Ozzy's don't like to listen, but I said it. Why? Why hasn't Arteta uh, had some kind of formation for us offensively to kind of adapt to who we have as players? Because uh, listen, I I'm not going to get into this whole argument. Is is Abami in world class? He's not world class. He's won the golden boot for us. So he's good enough to be scoring. He hasn't scored in five games. So something has to be done surely with our attacking or our attacking formation. I think he's right. just out of form. I think he's just out of form. But it's not it's not about I'm not talking about specific players. I'm talking about all of our attacking forwards in general. Because, Ryan, these guys, right? I'm pretty sure they understand that the defense needs to be protected a lot more, right? So it's not as if they are not being supported when we attack. I, I look back to the Leicester game and I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing Taney whipping balls into the box. I'm seeing, you know, Bellerin, who I'm not a fan of, but have his best game in my eyes for quite some time, right? So it's not like the front three is not being supported. What you're seeing is a lazy front three, two players who can't play together in Lacazette and Aubameyang, and I said it when Emery was here, those two can't play together. They cannot play together, right? Lacazette has been out of form for a year. Right, since the start of last season, he's been out of form for you. But who do you replace him with? Do you really want to go with Eddie and Ketchup? The options are limited. They are limited. The front three doesn't work hard enough. You have too many Mavericks. You have bad attitudes. You've got lazy players up there. So you can say that, you know, why hasn't Arteta figured it out, you know, offensively? He tried against Leicester. He tried to put Sabayos in there. Hey, you tried to connect. I saw a steal, right, of... um of the Leicester game. Where Sabayos should have been, he was nowhere to be seen. Nowhere to be seen. In this game, Arteta attempted to have the front three, you know, supported a lot more. They let us down. All three of them, they let us down. And they've been letting us down all season. So defensively, sure, we're looking cool. But it's not like they're not being supported offensively, mate. They are. They are just not doing it. It's just that simple, man. That's just my that's just my take on it. Anyway, jump in, boys. But then, why would you have Lacazette play a false nine? That's the only thing I because he Arteta loves playing with a false nine. We do not play well with the false nine. We need to get. What was Lacazette playing, like, playing as a false nine? You're thinking of Willie on that? No, 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 no. I can I support can I support Ryan no. here for a second? I think no. what he's talking about is he's talking about the areas with which Lacazette is taking up. So there's two – when we play Eddie or we play Lacazette, we get two very different approaches. I've said this on a number of podcasts. So Eddie holds the line at the top. So if you imagine like how wide players have to hold width and when they don't hold width, we compress internally. What Eddie does when he's on the pitch is he stays right on the line of the two centre-backs, 
which means he tries to hold that pace. The problem is when Eddie plays, because he doesn't come back into midfield and we don't have midfielders who progress and break into the middle, often mm. we get really disconnected when Eddie's there. And then it, it means that our wingers have to come in centrally. When Lacazette plays, it's almost like meant to be a pincered approach where Lacazette comes deeper and then mm -hmm. it's meant to, in turn, by Lacazette coming in, he adds a body into the midfield and then it's meant to push Aubameyang on. But Lacazette, I, I'm not even that worried about Lacazette finishing, guys. It's his fucking passing. He is the worst fucking passer of a yeah. ball I have ever That's seen. Awful. He can't no, no, fucking Max, make it. Max, it's not, it's not just his passing. For me, for me, for me, it's not it's even everything. about ability. It's his attitude. It's, yeah. it's his attitude that pisses me off. His attitude stinks. It I like. Stinks. Uh, I, 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 I get you there, Manny. Because the one thing that really bothers me about Lacazette is, is when he does that first touch, he fucks it and he throws his arms in the air like somebody yeah. else did something wrong. That attitude, it stinks. It's, we've we've seen that. Yeah, we've seen that for so long. I remember last season in Europa League games where he was the captain. And instead of leading these boys that he had around him, he's, his, his attitude was just off. You know, he's... It happened he's, last week. Like, it happened last week. Of course, it's happening for a year, Ryan. It's been happening for well, a I'm year. I'm just saying that he was more recently captain last week for us. It's, oh, it's, 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 it's just... Mm. Like we're at the minute, right? He's our only option because I don't believe Enketcher is good enough. I don't think he's physically I don't think he's physically good enough Manny that's his issue he's not, there. he's not there Lacazette right now is the only option that we have under, you know down the middle and when he is on like he was in that Emery season right when he is on you you can see what he what he brings you know what I mean you can see what he brings he's he's touchy you know he's aggressive and he's a good finisher let's be real about that but for the last year he has had this, this attitude around him. He has had this, this, this chip on his shoulder that he can't let go of. And he has been poor, poor mm. for more than a year. So Arteta doesn't have any options, though. Who do you bring on? Do you really want to play Enketia against United? Well, this, this is it. You see, you've only got Enketia and that young that young lad. Is it Balayung or Balagun? I can't remember his... Uh, yeah. You know, it's, they're the only two options. And one's a young kid who's never played first-team football, and the other one is a young kid who gets minimal first-team football. So you've got no other choice but to play, like I said. We're in a shit situation with these players. Before, before we move on, right, before we move on, we've got a clown in the um, comment section, right? Look at this clown right here. Look, look, at, him. <laughs> look at him. Look at him. <laughs> How you doing, Fergus? Anyway, listen, it's a great point, you know, that, that Ryan brings up. But the cards that Arteta has been dealt has been so tragic, has been borderline. Oh, Steve. He loves the kids. <laughs> loves loves the kids. Defend Steve the does. Kids, Steve, defend the kids. <laughs> uh, uh, you you got to look at the the cards that Arteta has been dealt. You have to try to find a solution for fundamentally flawed players who failed under so many different managers that it's tough. And you, we forget that Arteta is a novice. He's a novice at this, yeah. and he's making mistakes right now. I hope that there's somebody back there 
He goes, listen, we need to change this shit. It's not working. Let's find the solutions. Look at the team, find the solutions. Some of them are there. Some people will say Smith Rowe. That kid's always injured. Some people will say Willian in the 10. Don't like Willian. The Ceballos role that he was doing against Leicester. Why wasn't why is AMN not getting the chance? Why is he not in the team? What is going on there? Listen, Arteta has solutions. It's up to him to find it. It's just that simple. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't find it, we hold him accountable for it. It's just that simple. True. It's that yeah. simple. Max. Max, you're up. Uh, so my thing was this. My topic was the concept of Arteta, Arteta in or Arteta out is heavily flawed because he's a new manager and we're meant to be looking at his performances game in, game in, game. So I am I am not people say, oh, you are a tether in or you are a tether out. I'm neither. I'm analytical about the performances and I analyze the coach's performance. Now, the way that I, Toby and I didn't do an Ask Bros OG this week because I was reopening the bar, but had we have done an Ask Bros OG, we would have dug into the question of whether or not Arteta in an effort to make us structurally sound and defensively sound has now overstructured us to a point that we are unable to express ourselves because our players are so worried about breaking that structure. And you can see across the games that we played that that's apparent because there seems to be this, this inability for us to be able to go up through the gears. So instead of being an old Arsenal team that we've seen before where we would come out and we would get on the accelerator and we would get done early and get done on the break and lose against Brighton's and, and you know, if, even if you want to go back further, you know, Bolton's and, and Blackburn's and teams like that that we had issues with by being excessively aggressive and getting smashed on the break. Arteta's his role has essentially been to come in and change the notion or change the attitude of the club towards instead of being an Arsene Wenger, go out and express yourself, attack first. You know that thing people like to say, we've got all these attacking assets. You know, I'd rather win 3-2 or 5-4, you know, and concede four and score five. You know, when Arteta came in, the club was in fucking shambles, littered with bad players littered with absolute fucking dross, seven out of tens at their best, seven eight out of tens on their red panty day players. Jack is a seven out of 10 on his red panty day. Fucking Mustafi's a seven out of 10 on his red panty day. You no, know, there are not. so few, there are so, <laughs> there, there are so few, Mustafi. yeah. Well, there are so few players in that team who, I, and I would say other than Saka, who consistently, and I mean consistently, Seven out of 10 is their poor game. Seven out of 10 is their game where they're not on. You're like, oh, they weren't really on today. That's Saka for me. He's had a couple of seven out of 10s in the last couple I've of games where he, he hasn't too. achieved. Yeah, KT is KT as well. But, you know, the, the point that I'm trying to get at or, or the topic that I'm trying to talk about is, I guess, the concept of in being forced through the poor work that had been done before him to give him the squad that he's been left with, in being forced to change that team structurally to be hard to beat, is the handbrake on now so heavily that he's got to tear up that structure to be able to appease the fans who want us to go out and score lots of goals? Or are we still in this state of rebuild where we were a team that finished eighth last season 
if he plays like this for the whole season, I guarantee you will finish sixth, fifth, which is an improvement. And then in two years or in three years, we're going to start moving up through the gears. But questions have to be made of Arteta. You can't just sit there and support him. 100%. 100%. Now, my first, my first questions of Arteta was, what is with your subs? And this was when we were playing against Olympiacos. And he played like, you know, the same players for a third game in a row. And his subs were all over the place. You can support Arteta like I do. You know what I mean? And, and I'm going to get to, you know, how I feel about Arteta when I make my point. But you are allowed to question him. And it's a valid point that Max is making. It's like, okay, you want us to be defensively sound. Totally get it because defensively we've been a shambles for more than 10 a decade. years. 10 years, oh, yeah, 10 longer. Years. Longer. Okay. Yeah. I'll throw 2006 in there and leave, I'll leave the, uh, the Champions League, you know, defence out of it. Right? I'll leave them out of it. But we've been a shambles defensively, like shambolic, right? So if he's trying to make us defensively sound, at some points, you know, last season, we were playing decent attacking football under Arteta. Decent. At the moment, what he has is a front three of players that all of them are out of all of them are out of form. None of them are performing. There are players who don't know, clearly don't know who can't play in the system. I, I look at Ceballos, you know, trying to be the connector, trying to play wide on the right. It really bothered me. So at the minute, he's overcomplicating things and he's not finding the solutions. He's not looking within his team and going, okay, how can I change this? He's not doing it. And we need to start asking questions. He's not doing it. Find the solutions because some of them are there. You are the manager. You're not the coach. You're the manager. Find the solutions. Go out there and find them. Play, play William as a 10. Pepe as a 10. Somebody who can consistently connect the midfield and the attack. Find it. It's just that simple. Find it, man. But then, but, but then, Manny, if you go back to Scunny's first point, oh, fuck off, fucking phone, trying to fucking call me. Um, if you go back to Scunny's point uh, at the start, <laughs> if Arteta all of a sudden now throws complete caution to the wind, right, and, and went out against Manu and played Aubameyang up front with Pepe on the right and, uh, and fucking Saka on the left and played a midfield three of, of Willian out of the 10 with Party and, nice. and Xhaka behind him, played Mustafi and Louise and Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Kieran Tierney, nice. and we got nice. fucking battered, right? Nice. Would the entire nice. fan base be out there saying, on, where was the defensive structure? Max, when you're an Arsenal manager, you're damned if you do and, and you know, damned if you don't, right? Let's just be clear about that. But Arteta's not going to do that. We're away from home to, quote, unquote, one of our rivals, right? So if we set up a certain way, most fans will understand it. I would understand it. Hell, if you were watching, you know, the City game, I understood what Arteta was trying to do. It was the same thing that Leicester did to us. We take our chances and nobody's, nobody's complaining about anything, right? So you want to go to places like United and be structured. My problem is when you are at home, when you are playing a Leicester side who, were cl who clearly had a game plan, we spoke about it in the WhatsApp group. We were like, we can see what's going to happen here. Hmm. Arteta didn't react when he saw that the team was, you know, floundering. He didn't, the subs he made didn't have the impact. Let's not even, let's not even talk about Mustafi. Let's just leave that one out of it. But he is not 
finding the solutions for the front three. He's not doing it. If he's going to throw caution to the and game, he needs to be criticised for that. 100%. He needs to be 100%. criticised for that. Listen, if he's going to find the solutions, find it. If you're going to play it back four, play it at home, right? Play it at home when you. I go. That I, I go back to what Ryan said here, Manny. I think that you're really going to struggle to have a cohesive front three when you cannot find an anchor point for that front three to play off. Like we are, I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it more and more now, and I'm 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 staring down the barrel of Arsenal fans everywhere, still trying to talk about the midfield, which we know lacks a little bit of creativity. Shut the fuck about Urzel. We already mentioned that. You know, still looking at the defence where we've improved. Kieran Tierney is an improvement. Bellerin had one of his better games. Uh, Louise even looks to be in some ways improved in a back four of late than what he looked last time. Gabriel has been a fantastic fucking signing. Like, what a, what a fucking signing. He looks like one of the best centre-backs yeah. in the Prem. And I know he's only been there for a couple of games. But, Manny, just let me let me say this. To yeah. sit there and watch all of these Arsenal fans not look at the front players and still sit there and tweet that it's a world-class front three, it's fucking so far from a world-class front three. <laughs> Pepe has not done what he's meant to do yet. Willian nope. has actually only looked good when he dropped into a midfield. He's not looked good for us except for the Fulham game when he played up top where he was basically pulling into a 10 position anyway. Uh, no one wants to throw stones at Aubameyang, which, like I said to Ryan, people are like, oh, well, it must be structural why Aubameyang's not in form. It's not fucking structural. It's the same fucking structures that we played last season. In fact, the players have improved from last season. We have better players. He's just fucking out of form. He's a streaky player. And the guy standing in the middle, the guy who I think – isn't there to score 15 goals? People go after Lacazette about his goals, right? Oh, he doesn't score 15 goals. He doesn't score 20 goals. I don't think you need to score 15 or 20 goals from center forward, but you have to connect the midfield to the front two. The ball has to stick to you when we need a release ball. When the opportunity comes for you to score, you have to score. And you have to be able to feed in a front three. You have to be able to feed balls to dynamic wingers making runs from inside to out. There are massive failures in this team. And I am not absolving Arteta. I don't want to stand here and be one of these people who's like, Arteta in, give him time, do this. He has to find a solution for it. But one of the issues in all of these games, the loss against Liverpool, Arsenal had opportunities to score. Not fucking, not executed, not ruthless enough. Whoa, phone dropped. Um, (laughs) Against Man City. It was always going to happen. Against Man City, opportunities to score didn't happen. Against Leicester, 11 chances in the first half. 11. Zero fucking executed. There are so many layers to what is happening at this football club that aren't just what I call like the low-hanging fruit that Arsenal fans have got so comfortable going after. Look at these fucking players. £52 million on Lacazette, not doing it. An upgrade on Aubameyang's contract, not doing it. Fucking 70 million pounds on fucking Pepe, not doing it. 250 grand a week on Willian, not doing it. And yet the only guys we look to and get excited about is an 18-year-old and a fucking 19, 20-year-old in Saka and fucking Martinelli. Or how old's Martinelli? Whatever. But we're looking to them to come back and make the difference. Like we're looking to these kids to make a fucking difference. But apparently we have a world-class front three. Guess what, Arsenal fans? We fucking don't. (laughs) <laughs> there's there's so many things that you said there let me go back to gabriel right gabriel has been 
you know, he slotted in seamlessly, right? He's our best defender at the minute, Gabriel. <laughs> Sorry, laughing at Max's picture. Dickhead. Like, Gabriel is our best defender at the minute. And it's so crazy to me that there are Arsenal fans who will want to criticise Gabriel for the goal that we conceded because they are saying that Mustafi is out of form. Oh, this, mate, it's, yeah. It's just, you, you know, do you, do you see what we're dealing with here, right? When it, it comes when it comes to, you know, uh, being an Arsenal fan right now is a chore because there's so much stupidity going on. Now, when I look at this side, right, people saying we have a creativity problem. We don't. We don't have a creativity problem. What we have is a front three that are not finishing their dinner. If Saka scores against City, we have a completely different conversation. Lacazette scores against Liverpool, we have a different conversation. Chances are being created. When you're not clinical, when you don't finish your dinner, this is what happens. Like, there are I believe there's solutions in this team. I believe there are solutions, and I believe Arteta needs to start being bold and take some serious action here. Be bold and take some serious action. There's some players that need to be dropped. And there's some players that need to understand that, listen, you've come for big money. You're not doing it. I need more from you. I want to see Arteta be more demanding of his players. He has to be. He just has to be, man. That was a good fucking point, too. That was a good fucking point. I loved it. I guess I'm going to... I guess I'm, the best comes last, I hope. So I was thinking of a phrase to best describe how I feel. And I came up with, I love you, but fuck you. <laughs> I love you, Arthur. Always will. Fuck this team. So for the longest time, you know, I'd watch Arsenal and just I'd had this, this apathetic air about me. I didn't care whether they won loss or drew i just didn't have that emotion i felt so drained from everything arsenal i think it just started when we lost three 0 to wolves i got so angry during that game i'm like you know what i need to stop caring about these lot because they don't care about arsenal as much as i do arteta comes in and to his credit he wants to bring people together he wants to bring the fans back together he wants you to be able to connect with the team if you don't if you're not doing it you're not playing love it wins the fa cup i'm like okay I'm, 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 I'm in, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm there. You know what I mean? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And I was reminded of why I was so apathetic towards this team. Because the emotions that I felt after that Leicester game, I haven't felt in so long. I fucking love this football club, always will. But fuck this team. Fuck them. The way I felt so angry at the fundamentally flawed players still making the same mistakes, at the lack of effort that I saw from our so-called top players, I still see a weak, feeble mentality around this club and, and around this football team. It bothers me. There are players here who should never be Arsenal players. And it makes me sick. Like I said, I love my football club. Oh, fuck this team. I look at this team, but I, there's a lot of players that I don't like them. I, I genuinely don't like them. You've I don't got, like I think, I think you've also got to remember as well is a lot of this team, I'd say, what, 
50 to 70% of this team that we're watching now lost in Baku. Yeah. That's <laughs> the yeah. issue that we're having. And we're still having the same conversations over and over and over again about the same players over and over and over again. And I get it. I love Arsenal. I'm with you, man. I love Arsenal, but fuck you. Because you've still got these chumps that need to be dropped. Then the need to just just do something about him. And I'm I'm with you, mate. I'm I'm definitely with you on this one. So it's tiring. Yeah. It is. It's tiring and literally. But next year next year is the year, boys. Next Next year is when it all happens. Next year is when Mustafi's contract comes to an end. When Özil's contract oh, yeah. comes You're to an end. You're getting an offer from you know when we get when, when, when we get when we get some of this dross when we get some of this dross out and we're going to lose a load of money on it. You know we're not going to on sell these guys. You know the Kalasanaks of the world are going to go as well. And the, the only thing that we can hope is that this mentality that Manny is talking about this this thing that irks us so much about the way that they lose. We were talking about it the other week on, on uh, Clock End Talk on the Friday show. And we were talking about how, at bare minimum, you just want to see your players falling over at the end of the 90 minutes, like falling over, exhausted, yeah. having put having put everything into it, you know, lying down on the ground. You know, we were a goal down in the last 10 minutes and we poured everything forward. Our, our players made back-breaking runs to, to recover the ball and try and get it forward. But you don't really see that with this team because there's so many second gear players who just sit there in the pocket who are so worried about protecting their stats. This has been my issue with Jacker for a really long time. I would almost prefer Jacker was still shit and trying to do things that were difficult and not pulling them off than doing what he's doing now, which is stats padding and sitting there and saying, okay, well, you know, I'm going to play X amount of passes and X amount of balls and X amount of sideways balls. I think Dan said in the comments, he's like, uh, Xhaka is Albanian for backwards and sideways and never playing penetrative balls. You know, it's. I think one of the things that we struggle so much with as Arsenal fans, Manny, and that we've struggled with for years, and it's where your frustration is born, is that we almost can't find a solution as to whether it's managers because the players haven't been there. And until those players aren't there and we sign another Saka, another Gabriel you know, another Thomas Party, you know, or even start looking at signing serious players, another, and you know, I'm not a Sanchez fan, Manny, but I will say this, another Sanchez. And you know why? Because the whole time Sanchez was in the club, I hated him because he was a cunt. Hated him, thought he was a cunt. Do you know what we miss more than anything in this club at the moment? Ruthless cunts who hate losing so fucking much that they would rather like take, 30 shots cutting in on their right foot because they're a goal down because they're like, fuck you, I'll do it myself. And that drove me nuts about him. And in the time, in the cold light of day, Manny, I have maybe started to come around to you. Just a smidge. He's still a cunt, but just a smidge. I've come around. Alexis Sanchez was different. I'm an Alexis Sanchez guy, but the guy was different. You know, and when I hear, when Bellerin said that, oh, Sanchez wanted to win too much, that bothers me. That bothers me. Yeah. When I see people, you know, back in mediocrity, I'm like, do you not see what this is? They have no business being at our football club. You know, years gone by, if had you signed some of these players, you'd be like, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, what is this? So now we're at a point where mediocrity has been allowed around this football club. 
you know, it's almost, it's, it's embedded in the walls that it's okay to look at mediocre players and back them. I say, if you back mediocre players, you deserve what you are watching. I this is what you were. This is what you were saying earlier, Manny. When, when you know, people might have misconstrued what you were saying earlier when you were saying that the fans are getting what they deserve. That point that you just said is the explanation to that comment about fans getting what they deserve. The explanation it's to true. that comment is if you continue to back dross, if you continue to accept mediocrity, then don't get angry. Agree when we go to a Leicester and lose one nil on the break yeah. because there's a don't litany of mediocre it. players there. Don't stand for it. I can't like my, it, it literally the light bulb moment hit me during that Leicester game. I was like, oh my god, I'm actually pissed off that we lost this game. And then I was reminded, I'm like, hold on, look at the players, look at some of these players on the pitch. They Wait, can you guys hear me? Come yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you just stroked well, out for a moment. I'm saying after the Leicester game, I sat there and I was angry. Then I was reminded. Look at this. Look at some of these players that are here. You have no business being at my football club. I cannot sit here and accept. You know, oh, Jack is playing well under Arteta. Jack has shown you who he is. If somebody has shown you who they are, believe them. Mustafi showed you who he is. Kalasnak showed Lacazette. All of these people showed you who they are. You chose not to believe them. I do. They are not good enough to be at my football club. And the fact that I see them still wearing that shirt, it fucking bothers me. I can't take it, man. I can't. I think, take it. I think this is why everyone's looking forward to the end of this end of this season because. Majority of them are out of contract. Oh, I just hope the one thing I'm really hoping for, Manny, is that the club don't panic. Yeah, and let just let them go. Don't panic, just let them go. What happened the last time the club club panic? We still have a 355,000 player rotting, not even, not even, uh. In any any Europa League, Premier League squad, so yeah, please don't. Panic. Oh, you know what? I'm glad. You know I'm glad we haven't covered Özil because the conversation is so stupid that we, that it's not even worth. It's not even worth having a conversation about. People talking no. about putting Özil back in the team. It's not even worth having a conversation about. And that's why we haven't talked about. Because you can. He's yeah. out of the squad. You can't do it. Do you know what my end? Do you know what my end number was, Ryan, for followers lost when I posted up that that fuck off Urzel thing? Eighty-seven, eighty-seven people who followed me no longer follow me, Max, because I posted up something anti Urzel. That tells you everything you need to know about that. I think and to me, to me, that's my biggest thing too. It's like, yes, you want the end of the season because the end of the contracts for all these players. I'm excited because it's the end of the season. It's the end of the contract of all these so-called fans. Because once Ozil leaves, these fans are going right with him. And oh, I who are they? Who are they going to? Who are they going to jump on next? Who's going to be their boy next? Because yeah. they obviously oh, need a boy. No one cares. My thing is this, and we said it at the top of this show. If you are an Arsenal fan. You love Arsenal, period. If you followed Arsenal because of a football player and didn't stay because you loved the club, you have no business being here. My thing is this, right, with the whole, with touch on Ozil briefly. He won't be in the squad. Keep crying about it. Keep crying about it. Keep bringing it up. He is not going to be in the squad. That is just that simple. 
But my thing is, as an Arsenal fan, as a passionate Arsenal fan, I cannot sit here, look at some of these players and be happy with what they've done. Great, you won an FA Cup. Congratulations. But you have no business being here. You don't. And until they leave, until I don't have to sit here and see Kalasnat warming up, watching Mustafi trying to pass the ball, Xhaka just, you know, falling asleep like he usually does. You can only mask flawed players for so, for so long before they show you yet again who they are. And some people will tell you, yeah, but they improved. Want to defend them? Sorry, not good enough. Oh, hold on. Look at this comment. That Mustafi was offered a contract. What does that tell you? What does that tell you about what's going on at this football club? It makes but me want to put a to my head and blow my fucking brains out. That's what it's telling me. That's what I'm talking about. But we're supposed to sit here and be happy and not criticise the club. But yet you're telling me that you offered Mustafi a contract? For what? What are you offering I would I would hope that Mustafi was offered a contract so he could be sold. That would be what I would I would have hoped. Whoa. That he's no, not going to go on a boss. Let him go. <laughs> you know, sometimes in a relationship, you've just got to let it go. Just go. go. Yeah, exactly. That's a great. It's a, it's a great. It's a great Don't comment from now. Purple Harmony. Yeah, there are players <laughs> who never. Who there are players who were never at the level to play for Arsenal. They, they're going to be remembered as Arsenal players, but they probably never should have played higher than you know an Everton. They probably never should have played higher than a, than a mid-table club. Not that we aren't a mid-table club, because we are a fucking you know, mid-table club. You know we were last that really year. gets me about Mustafa? He was let go by Everton. What that tells you, everything you need to know there. But, Scunny, there are people out there who will tell you that they are good enough because they've had a few good games. They will tell you that, oh, he should be in the starting lineup because he had no. you know, three good games. I'm not as forgiven. I'll tell you that right now. No, I'm, I'm not. not. You have X amount of time to show me who you are. Are you a good player? Are you a mediocre player? Or are you in the middle? If you're not good enough, I don't care how many good games you have. I don't care. You should not be at my football club. The one, the one thing that really pisses me off about people with Mustafi is, oh, he's a World Cup winner. He wasn't in the fucking squad. He was on the bench. <laughs> Can we I, I still love saying, it, but not, not, but but some people actually take it seriously, and some people actually mean it. And it's yeah, exactly. Some people do mean it. He's a World Cup winner. He was. He never played in the World Cup. He was on the fucking bench. <laughs> left back's name Mendy, right? A city that can't play one game at the World Cup. One game. Oh, he's a World he, he was injured for half of City's fucking season, right? <laughs> and he got a medal. Winning the World Cup doesn't mean that you're a good player. Yeah, I agree. Fuck all. So, oh, he's a World Cup winner. What the fuck does that mean? Does that mean that he's a good player? No. no. It just means that Germany won the World Cup and he just happened to be there. <laughs> it, means, it, it means the team that he was actually not playing in uh, won the World Cup. And they're a good team at the time. I, I'm, I'm just... Because we're, we're going to wrap it up, man. Listen, if... At the end of the day, we're all Arsenal fans and we love the club. But we're also real people and we make real, you know... We have real opinions about our football club. No sugarcoat shit. We don't have rose-tinted glasses about it. But none of that. We see. We call it how we see it. That doesn't mean we love Arsenal any less. But I'm going to say this. 
until you get rid of the mediocrity, until certain fans wake the fuck up and realize that this is not good enough, we're not going anywhere. So while you're crying about mediocre players, fuck me, man. This is, it's, yeah. It's, it's done for me, man. It's done. Boys, thank you for joining me on this, man. I, I'm actually perplexed. You know what I mean? I'm actually perplexed because next week we're going to be playing United and I'm going to be seeing Mustafi in the fucking team. <laughs> uh, let's just hope, man, you score their goals because they just won 5 nothing against RB Leipzig. So, yeah, Mike, Mike Dean's referee is awful that game. Yeah, yeah. Right, you know, I mean, how can I be happy? How can I be fully happy about where we're going as, you know, as a team and under Arteta when I'm still seeing Kalasnik in the side and Ozil still a bad smell? These are players that should never have been in my football club. And until we start addressing that shit, we're not going anywhere. We're not. So listen, boys, wonderful to be here, man. Good to chat with you guys. But I hope this was therapeutic for you lot. Right, and now we get to big. we get to see you every Wednesday now, Manny. That's the yeah. that's the best thing that comes out of this. The Ask Bros Extreme is going to come at you every week, so okay. it's, it's you know it's good. It's good. What will be really a really interesting Ask Bros Extreme is you know when we win three nil at Manu and you know everyone's good. Like I said, scores a hat trick and we come back next <laughs> week and we're like, yep. <laughs> you know what. I want that to happen. Like as they go out and score a hat trick. So do I. Prove, prove, prove was wrong. wrong. Yeah, prove, prove was wrong. wrong. Can somebody in this team that I don't like, the Mustafis, the Jackers, all of these people, prove me wrong. Then fuck off. <laughs> because in your attempt, I'm not going to believe anything. Go out and have it. Go out and have a 10 out of 10. Yeah, go out and have a 10 out of 10. Then do one. And get old. But- Go out and play well enough that someone wants to fucking buy you, please. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It's been therapy. It's been real. You guys take it easy. And I guess we'll see you next week. Have a good one, man. You'll see me on Friday. <laughs> Toby, you're a cunt. <laughs>